Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. This is going to be my first installment. Thank you for listening. My name is Noel. I haven't really thought of a name yet, but all I know is this podcast will be containing sports stuff. Basketball, football, sports betting. I may even include life stuff. I haven't really thought about it yet. But, um, yeah, here goes nothing. Um, my inspiration for starting this podcast, outside of Twitter and seeing people and their knowledge, my seeing, I'm seeing a lot of people that I know start podcasts, so I figured, shit, why not start one, you know? So, right now I'm going to be diving into Super Wild Card Weekend that just passed. Um, I'm not going to try to take too long. But I just have some notes here, some takeaways for each wild card game. And maybe after that, I'll probably dive into some head coaching gigs and whatnot, whatever the case may be. I may dive into some basketball stuff, but I don't know. Let's just see how this goes. <clears throat> so first things first, we have first wild card game, the Indianapolis Colts at the Buffalo Bills. Um, Josh Allen and Buffalo taking the game 27-24. to um, so my takeaway was Josh Allen just looked the same way he looked. He looked stout this game. Um, obviously, offensive coordinator Brian Dayball, who's had some head coaching gigs lined up for him with the Chargers and the Jets and whatever uh, some other teams down down there. And so Josh Allen's looks stout. Stefan Diggs, the trade that Brandon Bean made with Minnesota, um, that that the, one of the most recent win win trades we've seen in a while. As Minnesota, the first round pick that's gone to, that went, the first round pick. Wait, let me get this straight. The first round pick that Buffalo gave up to Minnesota for Stephon Diggs that landed them Justin Jefferson, who recently just came off of one of the better rookie seasons a wide receiver has ever had since Randy Moss and Odell. Moreover, head coach Sean McDermott. Former defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, the team that got to the Super Bowl with Cam Newton as MVP. I think him, as well as former personnel guy for Carolina, Brandon Bean, they have completely changed the culture in Buffalo. The debacle that was Rex Ryan, as well as the Pagulas, I think they've done a fantastic job, and they have a great future ahead of them. Next game we have, we have the Rams and the Seahawks. Rams were underdogs in this game going to Seattle. But my takeaway was the Rams had the number one ranked defense in the league, led by defensive coordinator Brandon Staley, his first year as D.C. under Sean McVay. Um, also, the talent that they have, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. Who else do they have? They, they have John Johnson, Darius Williams. A lot of good defensive talent that team has, along with, you know, Sean McVay, who's an offensive genius. Limited quarterback play with Jared Goff, who was hurt. Um, he was slated to be a backup with John Wolford starting. John Wolford getting hurt with the neck injury due to a hit by Jamal Adams early. Jared Goff comes in, and they win the game 30-20, to mainly because of that Rams defense. They held their own by only allowing 20 points. And they contain one of the league le- one of the league leading passers, Russell Wilson, as well as one of the leading receivers, DK Metcalf. Now this team, they go to Lambeau Field to play the number one seeded Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, and let's see how that goes. Should be a fun one to watch.
Next game we have, it's Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks coming up to Washington to play the football team. So what I got from that game, they won 31-23. They move on. My take, Some takeaways I have for that game, Tom Brady and Bruce Arians look dialed in on offense. The team had early woes. I think the first three quarters of the season, to be honest with you, that team, they like they were still trying to figure it out. Tom Brady had all the weapons in the world. They, re- they signed Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronkowski, who they traded a late-round pick to, to New England for. Uh, they have Cameron Bray, Ronald Jones, O.J. Howard, who was playing really good, who got hurt down the stretch. But recently... Late as the season was winding down, we saw this offense just Byron Leftwich as well, the offensive coordinator. I think this team was heading in the right direction and they looked pretty dialed in last game. On another takeaway, I think the defense for Tampa Bay they looked very shaky. Yeah, they allowed 23 points to Taylor Heineke, so that's cause for pause. But I think they have enough talent defensively to correct it. Todd Bowles was really good at scheming, scheming up a pass rush with that front seven that they have. I think they're, they're very shaky, but it's correctable. So I want to see how this direction goes. I think it goes well for them. And especially if you have Tom Brady at quarterback and Bruce Arians and them manning that offense. I think they it's correctable. I think it'll be fine. My final takeaway for that game, I think, Taylor Heineke looked really good. They've recently called him up. Apparently, he drove all the way from New Jersey, from where I'm from, New Jersey. We go down to Washington, and he goes down and he plays the game of his life. Having 300 yards of offense, a couple touchdowns, he threw an interception, which really didn't matter. It was a tip pass, I think. But I think the way he played, who balled out, Washington playing with basically house money, I think they did the best they could. And I think he earned himself a roster spot next year. Now, I don't know if he's going to start, but I think he should get a chance to compete if Washington gets a quarterback. Who knows of Alex Smith's future? I think it's up in the air, but we'll see how that goes. <clears throat> the next games we have are for Sunday. First slate of games we had for that was Baltimore and Tennessee. So my main takeaway, Baltimore wins that game. Um, my takeaway is Lamar looked in form. They, that rushing offense, you know, Lamar Jackson basically took the monkey off of his back. I think that this, this was the most pressure packed game for Lamar Jackson, considering his last two playoff games ended up, he, he lost. First game he lost was to the Chargers a couple years back when he was a rookie. Last year as a number one seed, they lose to these exact Tennessee Titans led by Derrick Henry and Mike Vrabel and company. Malcolm Butler was on that team. Ryan Tannehill. That team, they got taken down. Very, they underachieved last year. And then this year, in the regular season, that game went into overtime. And Derrick Henry had the game-winning t- rushing touchdown. So if you look at the revenge factor, Lamar Lamar looked in form. I think Greg Roman, on all, in all honesty, I think he remained consistent calling plays. They stayed true to who they are. I think if anyone who watched the game, I don't know if anyone noticed, but I noticed this. Their offensive lineman, they, their offensive lineman, Bradley Bozeman, I think he played a heck of a game pulling him from the guard spot on some of the power plays. I think that was one of the pivotal plays, one of the pivotal game planning things they have. Greg Roman did a good job. 
And that offense, like that rushing offense, you have J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Lamar himself, Mark Andrews at the tight end spot, Hollywood Brown. They have a lot of they have a lot of pieces on offense that they can work with. I just think if Greg Roman remained consistent calling plays, I think they'll go far. My next takeaway is the Ravens defense. Now, again, last couple seasons they've been underachieving, but this year they get veteran Calais Campbell. They traded for Yannick Ngakwe, who's with Jacksonville, who then went to Minnesota. And then the Ravens acquired him, even though they couldn't acquire him from Jacksonville. So they acquired him as an edge rusher. I They, they took command. Derrick Henry was stopped. He was stopped. He did not have a good game. They, they did not allow him to break the game like he did the last couple times. So I think that was huge for them. I think you, you neutralized Derrick Henry for Tennessee, you neutralized their offense. Arthur Smith did not have an answer. They tried to hit A.J. Brown a couple times earlier, which they did. And that, that, that worked out well, but they seemed that they didn't trust Tannehill. Their offense is Derrick Henry or bust. And when Derrick Henry is not going, this is the result you're going to get. Moreover, the, not only to emphasize that point, Marcus Peters with the game-winning INT. Anyone who saw that regular season game before... Um, we saw the Tennessee Titans on the Ravens logo. You know, anyone who watches football, if you do anything with the logo, consider taunting. That's just fuel to the fire. I think anyone knows this. And then when Tennessee won that game in the regular season, I think this was a game the Ravens defense, they were quote-unquote licking their chops. Now, they were up for the challenge. They won the game. Lamar gets the monkey off of his back. And the next game, they play. they actually go to Buffalo. Now, that is an enticing matchup. Um, one thing I didn't mention about that game was that the Bills' run defense this season, it's been shaky. It's been hit and miss, to be honest with you. And the way Baltimore looked, Lamar Jackson having 100 yards rushing, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. I think if if they if Greg Roman calls a great game, I don't see a reason why Baltimore doesn't crush Buffalo. Like, honestly. Because if you look at it, the, the, rushing, the running game, what it does... It chews the clock. It, they get time of possession in their favor. The, the less time Josh Allen has throwing the ball, the easier it is for Buffalo, especially if, the easier it is for Baltimore. I It will work in their favor, I think, if they get the running game going. But if Buffalo and Sean McDermott and defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier, I really think if they have a great game plan and they neutralize the run early, we're going to be in for a good game. Okay, next game we have, it's Chicago and New Orleans. That, believe it or not, that line, for the for the betting people out there, if anyone doesn't understand, I mean, I'll try to break it down next podcast, but that line started off at 9.5, plus 9, New Orleans was 9.5 point favorites. Now, I thought the game would be much better. I thought Trubisky would play at least somewhat better. I thought Nagy would call a better game, but... New Orleans comes out, they completely neutralize Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky on the offense. And my, I only have a few takeaways from that game, just a couple. One to name is that the Bears got to move on from Trubisky. I think Ryan Pace needs to admit that he whiffed on that. I think everybody in Chicago, as well as in the NFL, I think they know. Chicago, they have they whiffed on Trubisky. And that draft, you, they, you passed up on, he was the number one quarterback taken. You traded up to get him. Not only did you trade up. You traded up one spot to get him. Like, come on now. 
Patrick Mahomes was in that draft. I think, okay, if we're being honest here, I think Patrick Mahomes landed in the perfect spot. Andy Reid, at that time, yeah, Andy Reid, Matt Nagy was the, no, Matt Nagy wasn't. He was the head coach. Eric Bieniemy, OC, all these weapons. Alex Smith was in Kansas City at that time. So uh, he learned a year under Alex Smith. I think it all worked out fine. Mahomes is this godsend right now, so I don't know. Deshaun Watson, I th- we all see Deshaun Watson. He's probably going to get traded from Houston. I think, he land- I think he ends up in Miami, but there's a couple teams in the NFL, I think, where if their draft capital hand, like it stands and Houston's enticed by it, I think they pull the trigger. But the thing with Miami is this, I think. Miami has Tua. Now, the thing with Tua, his injuries. Not I can't even say injuries, his hip injury. It's call it it causes for them to just settle down and to just evaluate it. But if you have the chance to land a proven quarterback, a perennial MVP candidate in Deshaun Watson, you do it. Now, the Bears, I don't know who they get at quarterback. Maybe they could be one of the teams that trade for Deshaun Watson. They whiffed on him in the draft. Maybe this is something that they can correct with it. What will it cost them? I think it costs them a lot of draft capital, to be quite honest with you. Considering Nick Casario coming from New England there, I think he's going to ask for an overhaul of draft picks. But we'll see how that goes. Another takeaway for that game, Drew Brees needs to play clean and efficient football to win the next game. They play Tom Brady and Tampa. Drew Brees and Tom Brady round three this year. Drew Brees and company won the first two. So if you're going to sit here and tell me that Tom Brady does not have this game circled on his calendar, like Drew Brees needs to come out slinging. And this year, he has not looked good. He got hurt early. He played pretty good before the injury. After the injury, he hasn't been the same. He has looked... He has looked his age. He has looked as an old quarterback. He looked limited. I think Sean Payton knows this, but I I think if, the, if this team wants to win a Super Bowl, Drew Brees needs to be primed for a good couple game run. I think New Orleans, they have the most talented roster in the league, top to bottom. Offense, defense, special teams. The coaching with Sean Sean Payton as their head coach. You have, I think their offensive coordinator is Pete Carmichael, if I am not mistaken. Their defensive coordinator is, what is the man name? Uh, I, I, I forgot his name, my bad. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, the New Orleans defense, I, they need to, I think they'll play well. I think the team overall well balanced. They're oriented on all three phases, and I think I, I think it's gonna be a good game as well. Now, if Tom Brady and company if they respond and they come out firing, and they're asking Drew Brees to play from behind, I don't think I think that's a lot to ask from him. So ah, De- Dennis Allen, there you go. His name's Dennis Allen, defensive coordinator. So that th- those are just a couple things, and as well as some free agency stuff I just spewed right there. Da-da-da. So yeah, so <clears throat> and now we got the final game. Browns and Pittsburgh. The Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers in the final game. And what a game that was. 
For those of you who didn't um notice before or you know didn't missed out, um their wide receiver Juju Smith Schuster, who's a big TikTok guy who does a lot of TikTok dancing and all that, he came out and said that the Browns will be the Browns. Now, granted, Cleveland they were without their head coach Kevin Stefanski was also the play caller. So you would think Baker Mayfield and a lot that team very young in their first playoffs in God knows how long. You see that. They come out, they come out guns blazing. They score 28 straight in the first quarter. They start off the first quarter 28-0. And the first play was a safety. Went over the head of Ben Roethlisberger from center Mike Marquis Pouncey. So they won the game 48-37. Pittsburgh's lack of run game, as well as their playmaking inability early on, I think that cost them the game. Cleveland came out firing. Alex Van Pelt was their offensive play caller, who was former quarterback coach for Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. So I think that played a factor. And yeah, Cleveland wins this game 48-37. They go on to play Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And that game, that, that should be a fun one. Believe it or not, the line for that game, it's they're Cleveland's plus 10. I mean, come on. Cleveland's getting 10 points. 10 points? I mean, you got to take Cleveland and the points in that respect. Not only that, they got Kevin Stefanski back, Kareem Hunt's revenge game, and their confidence riding high. Baker Mayfield played an excellent game, throwing for, I think, 260 yards, three passing touchdowns. He played a clean game, that rushing offense. Not only that, they, they get their corners back. Their corners, Denzel Ward and Kevin Johnson, they were on the COVID list. They get them back. Now you get Kevin Stefanski back. I think the momentum is on the Browns. I think they win the game. But I think Kansas City, I think, and also Mahomes, here's, here's the caveat. Mahomes is on two weeks rest. You don't know how rusty he's going to be. Now, granted, he's Patrick Mahomes. He's the reigning Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP. But that's a tall, that's a tough ask for Mahomes, especially if Cleveland, if they get the ball and they come out, they come out with that smoking hot of a start as they did. Uh, I think Cleveland can win that game. Now, do they? I they they went outright. I think, but I don't know. Let's see. Considering injuries and all that, we'll figure out what happens late in the game. Moreover. Could this have been Ben Roethlisberger's last game? I mean, he threw for 500 yards, four touchdowns, but four interceptions. And he he cannot move out of the pocket. He is an old quarterback. He is a stationary quarterback. And they don't have, the, the offense wasn't generating points when they needed to. Now, he's, he's come out and said that if they want him back, he'll be back. So if they want him back and they make some tweaks on the offensive end and they get a running game going, they can be a threat considering that defense with TJ Watt, Cameron Hayward, Stefan Tewitt, Avery Williamson, who they traded from from the Jets, um, who else? Minka Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden. Um, they got a squad, <clears throat> but... Let's see if they even come back. Let's see who, if they draft a quarterback. Maybe they entail trading for a quarterback during this free agency, this offseason. 
But who knows? This could have been Ben Roethlisberger's last game. And if it was, it was fun watching him. You know, Ben's one of my favorite quarterbacks. Seeing him and Antonio Brown. Seeing him win those two Super Bowls. And yeah. And also, Juju Smith-Schuster is a free agent. Now, does he come back to Pittsburgh? Do they entail bringing him back? Do they even court the idea? I don't know. I think they should. But if he does go on free agency... I don't know what teams he goes to. I think there's a couple that need him. I think if Miami gets him, let's say they, let's say they trade for Deshaun Watson in the draft capital, and Juju's a free agent, Kenny Galladay is a free agent, Allen Robinson's a free agent. I think Miami. Let's say they, let's say they trade for Deshaun Watson. You have three receivers, number one receivers, perennial number one receivers, that they can target. Yeah. So that was my takeaways for Wild Card Weekend. So, yeah, that's all I got right now. Um, Let's, I think that's all I got for Wild Card Weekend, that is. Um, Yeah. Oh, let's talk about some head coaching openings. Um, Recently, Doug Peterson just got fired from Philadelphia, if anyone hasn't known. Dougie P is out. He met with owner Jeffrey Lurie, and they had an altercation. Not an altercation. But there was a bunch of disagreements. Doug Peterson didn't like how things were going. He wanted all the power. But considering Jalen Hurts, him drafting him, and they were going to move forward with him, that was the report. But Jeffrey Lurie wanted Carson Wentz. Doug Peterson wanted Jalen Hurts. And not only that, his job was safe up until the Washington game. The Washington game where he pulled Jalen Hurts and started Nate Sudfeld. That was the dagger. That was the nail in the coffin. Now, if Jalen Hurts starts and they win, and listen, I'm a Giants fan. I and, and on top of that, I go to work at 5 o'clock in the morning. I come home, I see the Giants win. I'm thinking, okay, Philadelphia's going to win. Philadelphia, we're going to get to the playoffs. When I wake up the next morning and I see the fact that Philadelphia lost, and then on top of that, Nate Sudfeld was put into the game, I was like, oh, no way. I really think that that... That's one thing where you look at it and it's like, okay, that's the nail in the coffin. So, I think that's all I got for right now. I think I'll do another podcast next time to break down the head coaching candidates. But for right now, that's all I got. So, for everyone listening, thank you. Uh, thank you for listening to this installation. Um, and let's see what happens next week. Thank you. God bless you guys.